mercy and goodness toward uh, each and every one of us. So praise the Lord. How many of you were not here this morning? Raise your hand high. All right, welcome. Glad you're here tonight. Uh, I'm going to be teaching kind of uh, in a continuation of what I started this morning. So uh, if you like what you hear tonight, you may want to get the digital recording here in the church and go over it again and again. It'll make your heart happy because Jesus has got you covered. And the good news about the finished work that we're purchased, it's a done deal for everyone, everywhere. And uh, I think when you look at life from his perch or from his perspective, instead of from our perch or our perspective, uh, you can change your whole attitude uh, about living. Because really from God's view, things don't look all that bad. God in Christ did a perfect work a once and all, for all, redemptive work, and we just need to know how to rest in him and receive the fullness of what he's done and, and share the love. So uh, we're excited about it. That's, of course, why I do missions work. This is our 31st year of mutual faith, and we're still in business for Jesus, and so we're so excited and delighted about that. Of course, this church has been a great part of that uh, Middle East campus, and if you ever want to come to Lebanon, we'd love to have you come and uh, experience the precious people of the Middle East. It's really, really wonderful. And uh, when you see the whole facility full like you did in the video, the facility seats 700, and we put like 1,000 people uh, crammed throughout the building, but, uh, and uh, all Muslim people. It's, it's amazing. And when you see them hear the gospel and receive the love of God, it just gives you such hope uh, for the times that we live in. And of course, with the ongoing chaos and uh, challenges in the Middle East and with all the Syrian refugee crisis that's unfolding now in Europe, uh, we're glad that we have a place uh, where people can come and find help and find hope. And so thank you all for your kindness and your generosity. Uh, when I come, I know you all are so kind to receive an offering for our ministry. And of course, we put that toward uh, the Middle East Life Center and the other expressions of mutual faith, and uh, it, keeps us, it keeps us going. So thank you again. Uh, for your great kindness. Um, what I'd like to do is pick up with that heavenly perspective. And uh, let me just read a couple uh, uh, verses and get us all on the same page since we have uh, some, some new friends as well with us. But before we start, let's just take a moment and let's pray together. Father, thank you for loving us as we are. Thank you that you love us completely. Thank you there's no disappointment in you concerning us because you see us in Christ. It's really, really, really beautiful. It comforts my heart, Lord, uh, to know of your, of your great love toward each and every one of us. Thank you that we can open the living word tonight, and Jesus, the living word, can be known to us and through us as we uh, just clarify what you've done once again for us, and thank you that it propels us not only to wholeness but to, to healing physically, emotionally, Father, I pray for people in this place tonight who, who hurt, who need help. I pray for people who have pain. Maybe the pain is just in their soul, in their emotions, in their mind. Maybe their pain or, or sickness is in their physical body. Whatever it is, Father, we're just going to rest in your great love for us. We're going to look to Jesus, and we're going to be transformed. We're going to receive healing by believing that what you've done, you've done it for us individually. So, Father, tonight I thank you for miracles manifesting fully. I thank you that every need of every household is met, and every relationship is met, and every financial complication is met, 
And every physical healing is met with wholeness and health through Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. We thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Well, this morning, friends, I was telling you about a little uh, movie reel, as it were, a little video clip from heaven that we found in the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 4 and 5. And I specifically spoke to you all the imagery in those chapters, the created beings, the angelic beings, the elders, and, 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 and uh, they're all around the throne of God. But their attention was on the Lamb of God. I think it's very, very important that our attention always be on the Lamb of God because it's the Lamb of God that gives you a picture of who your father is. You know, Jesus said one time, no one knows the father except the son and to those to whom he reveals him to. Do you realize if you don't understand your interpretation of God, if your interpretation of God is not understood in the person of Jesus Christ, you're probably a little bit uh, clueless to the heart of the father and the love of the Father. And what you can use is all kinds of imagery and things that make you draw back from God through fear instead of knowing how accepted and complete you are in Christ before Him. And so it's very, very important that everything that we see is Jesus. So it fascinates me that me as an earthling, somebody still housed in a physical body, I've not made that heavenly, you know, transition where out of, you know, absent from your body is present with the Lord. But it's fascinating to me that in the heavenly realm, according to Revelation 5, the, 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 the attention is the Lamb of God. And so we talked about it that even in heaven, the talk is Jesus. Even in heaven, the astonishment is the cross. Even in heaven is the authority and the and the and the unimaginable capacity of the love of God to reconcile everyone everywhere through the work of one at one time. It's amazing, even to the, the creatures of heaven. So in Revelation chapter 5, in verse 9, it says this, they sang a new song saying, you are worthy, Jesus, to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain, speaking of the cross, and you have redeemed us or purchased us to God by your blood out of every tribe, Every tongue, every people, and every nation. So what I began teaching this morning is what I call purchased. It's a done deal. For everyone everywhere. There's no ands, no ifs, or no buts about it. But you've got to believe it to step into it. You've got to receive this abundance of grace. You've got to receive this gift called righteousness, and then you reign in this life. But it has to do with receiving. It has nothing to do with doing. It has to do with receiving and so getting your focus on what he's done and calling it good for you and accepting it. And so I told you in the teaching this morning that the way you can be absolutely assured that I was telling you the truth that Revelation 5 and 9 has more capacity to touch our hearts than we could ever understand. I gave you three principles to help you clarify that it's a done deal and that you're purchased. Remember the three things? Number one, you were signed for with the blood of the lamb. The signature of God, the currency of the kingdom is the blood of the lamb. It's done from God's perspective. From our perspective, it's accepted by faith. Faith lets you step out of yourself into himself. My little stick figure imagery I know is a little rough, but it's the idea that you're standing before the Father has nothing to do with you. 
Your standing before the Father has everything to do with the Lamb. Faith moves you in Christ. And that's the beauty when you read the Apostle Paul and the New Testament letters of being in Him and in Christ and in whom we have redemption through His blood. The forgiveness of sins. It's like you got to be kidding me. Because we're so used to getting anything and everything based on merit and our efforts and our abilities because we live in a merit-based world. You know, the American dream is, you know, a, a, a really, in a lot of ways, it's, it's, it's a, it's a merit-based system. And there's nothing wrong with it. I'm not, I'm not critiquing it. I'm just saying, don't take our system and base your relationship with God on your merit. Because if you're, you know, blatantly honest with yourself, you're, you're never good enough. Not for a perfect holy God even if you think you can perform perfectly and nobody could have. But it's an unmerited system. It's the grace of God found in Jesus Christ. The law came through Moses. In other words, trying to qualify through a merit based of doing good came through Moses. But grace and truth or the truth of grace came through Jesus Christ. The person of Jesus Christ changes the equation for the human race. And this is the only way you can change your worldview is when you don't live according to this world. You have a heavenly perspective of God's view in Christ that everyone everywhere has been purchased. And that's the news I announce. When I'm preaching in the nations of the world, and I've preached in, a, you know, it seems like, I don't know, 70, 80 nations around the world through all our missions work and establishing campuses and teams and whatever. But, you know, I'm always proclaiming the truth to the people from God's perspective. Through the lens of the Lamb of God. That's the only way I can do it with boldness and confidence. Because if I'm looking at the flesh of human beings, you know, there's a lot of rascals in our world. You know what I mean? And if you're trying to tell them that they got to qualify to be accepted, you know, that's not a message people want to jump into. Because those who are deeply honest with themselves know they can't qualify. I was thinking this afternoon before I was coming, uh, driving to the church tonight, I was just thinking about how I wanted to teach tonight. And I was thinking of a friend many, many years ago. This is when I was a young kid. And I don't think I've ever really told the story, but somehow I thought of this guy. I was like 19 years old. I had come back from uh, college uh, a little summer. I, I went to college in uh, Tennessee my first year, William Jennings Bryan College. 1976 to 77, came back and worked in, my uncle had a little factory with three or four employees sharpening uh, carbide drills. And so I was sitting at this machine making like $2.50 an hour trying to make some money for college. This is before I came to California where I finished university in, at Azusa Pacific and graduated in 1979. But my heart was stirred with the love of God in those days and I didn't know how to package it or frame it. But I'll never forget we had a break, you know, at this little factory shop thing. And I was talking to this guy. He had to be 10, 12 years my senior. He might have been 30. And uh, somehow we got talking about God. You know, it makes everybody nervous when you talk about God because here at this factory, you know, everybody wasn't the most moral, if you understand what I'm saying. I mean, if you just judge people according to the flesh. But he got talking about God. And so we started talking about things. And I talked about, you know, it's just a simple trust that he's your everything and you're your nothing. You don't, you don't, you don't qualify. You know, I, I use terms like that, that really you're, you're pre-approved. But he couldn't put himself into a point of faith 
because of the frailty of his flesh that, you know, he drank beer or whatever he did that was so immoral in his mind. And he was always taught that you couldn't be a Christian unless you could be right. So his whole worldview kept him out of understanding the heart of the Father, not understanding that somebody pre-approved him. And if you can just step on in, totally loaded if you want, hallelujah, just step on in and let the love of God in Christ transform you. It's the only way I can preach to the Muslim world. So when I'm in the Middle East, for example, and I'm at our campus, <laughs> it's full of precious Syrian Muslim refugees, I'm not nitpicking the religion. I'm not telling them what's wrong with them. I'm not telling them to, you know, put their cigarettes out as they come up the steps of the campus and don't smoke in the bus. I don't tell them nothing. All I do is unveil the finished work of the love of the Lamb of God and see the love of God transform people and then see them get in Bible studies. See the ladies' Bible study and all their, their headgear and all their Muslim and absolutely transformed by the person of Jesus Christ. And this is the only way I can find... Uh, comfort in my heart to work in these areas of the world because if you're trying to get people to act right and be right so you can think they're right with God, then you're going to have a you're going to have a rough night or two because uh, the qualification has been done through Jesus Christ. And so uh, we have been signed for, as I was teaching, we have been sealed with 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 the Spirit of grace, and we have been delivered. We've been signed. We've been sealed, we've been delivered, and that's what heaven is absolutely enthralled with, the Lamb of God. And so we learned this morning that there's no more payments, that we've been paid in full. And I said merit-based Christianity makes you saved by grace but keeps you in by your own works. Merit-based Christianity is when your mind always thinks that you're in the equation. You know the new covenant is not technically between God and man. It's between God and Jesus. There's no weak link in the finished work of Jesus. That's why our position in the covenant, in the new covenant, is faith in the Lamb of God. Our faith in Christ secures us but it's the obedience of Jesus that makes us righteous. And so the beautiful thing about understanding that there's a relationship with God not based on merit. Now you can breathe. You can inhale. And your mind can be transformed because you know you've been purchased and it's a done deal. It's not Jesus who sacrificed himself for you to save you but then you trying to keep yourself saved every day. I know so many precious people who've come to me and talked to me and say, Keith, you know, I did this bad, I did that bad, I got mad at work, I cussed this person out, I did this, I did that. You know, and they're so, so afraid that they, that they have no, no, no longer salvation. And so you know what they do? They put themselves instantly on a payment plan. Oh, God, forgive me, forgive me. And they go into, you know, for, you know, uh, confessions and, 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 you know, repentances and prayers and doing good works and whatever. More and more and more, just so their flesh can feel good. Like, wow, I've paid for that naughty word I said. I paid for something. But the beautiful thing, I'm preaching good now. The beautiful thing is God's love in Christ secures you from start to finish. And that's what's astonishing. 
It is a done deal. You've been signed. You've been sealed. You have been delivered. And there's no more payments. Uh, people that put you on a payment plan can eventually put you in bondage. And that's why, you know, in our merit-based society, the whole world lives on payment plans. I was in Chicago. I told you I flew in last night from a, a family wedding and. Um, I was talking to one of my relatives there, and he was trying, wanting to buy a new vehicle, a new car. And so they're talking about the deals that are being offered now and things. And so he's going to lease or, you know, he doesn't know if he should lease or buy all these things. But he doesn't have a, he doesn't have a business. So it's not a business write-off. He's just a personal guy living a very, you know, typical, you know, wonderful middle-class life. But he's trying to figure out what payment plan to pick. And that's what the world system will do to you. And that's what religion will do for you is put you on a payment plan. And a payment plan will eventually uh, affect you. It'll affect the way you think of yourself. It'll, it'll affect what you really think is purchased. It'll affect what you really believe is yours. And I want you to know that Jesus did a work in such a way where it's a done deal. From start to finish and you don't know anything. And you never will. It is absolutely a radical dimension of the love of God. He has secured you once and for all. And if you can believe it, it'll change you. And that's what we read this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20. You were bought or you were purchased at a price. Therefore, because you know you're purchased, glorify God. It's this whole idea of being thankful, the idea of, of, of this Thanksgiving, you know, before you have the big rally or the celebration or the parade. Hallelujah. Man, just constantly refresh your mind at your best moments and at your worst moments. I am not, uh, I am not a perfect person in the flesh, and that's why I'm so glad my wife is not here to testify concerning me. I sometimes get a little bit grumpy. I sometimes can be really snappy. I sometimes can be rude. Now, I know it's hard for you to imagine because I am such a nice guy, huh? But I'm just trying to show you the frailty of my humanity is ever-present. It's ever-present. I'm not the most disciplined guy in the world. And, uh, but what I am learning that in my weakness and in my frailty, that's when he's strongest. And what I do is take the times to have my amen moments when I'm at my worst. And validate the beauty of the blood. The power of the love of the Lamb. He secured me. And he's got me even when you play the fool. It's amazing. The love of God in Christ. So it says you were bought with a price. Therefore, because of that glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God. So that is really the way transformation Happens, And then we ended by the conclusion of the matter in heaven, in the little video clip of heaven, they ran out of things to say. And I like to tell believers, that's okay. Sometimes it's good just to shut up and sit down and behold the lamb. And then if you have a little something bubble in your heart, just say amen to the love of God. Sometimes we try to fix everything and say everything and pray harder, like my friend in my illustration this morning. Pray harder, pray harder, pray harder. Something to make our flesh feel good, like there's a breakthrough based on us. The breakthrough is Jesus. And he's our everything. 
It's the love of the Lamb. So the conclusion of the matter was in Revelation chapter 5. This is where we finish this morning, and this is just a little review. But look at it. It says in verse 14, Then the four living creatures said, Amen. I love that word. Amen. I love to say it just with a little, little umph. Amen. I love to behold the imagery. You know, at the Life Center USA, showed you on the video this morning that we acquired to have a reflective campus in America of what we're doing around the world. You go in, it's got the, all the old school imagery of stained glass and everything. And when you look in the front of it, over the altar, there's Jesus, the Lamb of God, like this. And then on one side, you have the, the cup of wine, the cup of blessing. On the other side, you have stained glass of the broken bread. And I tell, when I give tours when I'm there, I, I tell everybody, this is the message of what we proclaim. It's the love of the Lamb of God in Christ. His body and his blood has been purchased us, has purchased us to God. It's a done deal. And through what he's done is where you're healed, where you're whole, where you think clear, where you have peace, where your body functions with clarity as it was originally created to function. It's all because of Jesus. So in Revelation 5, verse 14, they all said, Amen. The 24 elders fell down and they worshiped him who lives forever and ever. I love the conclusion of that little passage because it's just as peaceful to me. You know, sometimes enough is just enough to sit down or lay down. Just say amen. Like I ended this morning, it's my favorite prayer now. Just the love of the Lamb of God, the imagery of the cross. You got to be kidding me. That in Christ Jesus, my sin was forgiven and my sin has been forgotten by God. You got to be kidding me. It's hard. It takes faith to believe it. Your flesh can't talk you into that. It's astonishing. And just say amen to it. Let God be God. Our response to the mystery of God in Christ, the mystery of the cross, the mystery that we've been purchased by God is just say amen. I told you the, the world's way or religion's way is just do it. Religion will pile it on you, man. They'll pile it high and deep. They'll put more and more in burden and burden. And that was Jesus's accusation against the Pharisee and against the goody two-shoes of the day, huh? Those trying to be justified according to the works of the law. He said, they'll pile it high and deep. But you guys, come on to me. Those of you who are loaded up. My burden's light. Wouldn't you like to have a relationship with God where it's stress-free and burden-free and you're not always thinking about, wow, did I qualify today? Am I good enough today? Is, you know, it's, it would be so refreshing and it would so change the way you live. It would change the way you serve others. Your life becomes inviting to those around you. There's something simply beautiful about the radiance of the love of God. You just say amen. And so that's where I concluded the teaching this morning. But tonight in relation to uh, healing, I think, think sometimes when I minister to people who have headaches or heartaches, pain points, sickness, disease, physical ailments, whatever it is, sometimes our headaches and heartaches come because we really don't believe we're purchased. 
we live with a lot of condemnation. We live with a lot of guilt. We live with a lot of shame. I was talking with my wife Heidi yesterday. We were driving from this wedding event. She was taking me to the O'Hare airport. And she was telling me about some of the relatives. And the burden in their minds of what they shared with her. Of things that happened 30, 40 years ago. No wonder they're not free. No wonder they're on a thousand drugs. No wonder they need meds, you know, from here to New York City. No wonder everything's wrong. Because they just don't know what Jesus has done completely. If you can come to the place and have daily moments of validating the finished work of Jesus for you and call it your own, it's the process of wholeness. That's why even in receiving of communion, in receiving of it often, it's, it's the process of wholeness in beholding the Lamb. When I was flying home back to L.A. last night, I took communion on the plane. I, I take communion everywhere, all the time it seems like, because I'm absolutely thrilled that God loves me completely. And he's got me. And I don't have to jump through no more hoops. I got to pay no more bills. What God has done for you in Christ makes you free and clear. There's no more payments. There's no more penalties. There's no more add-ons. There's no more pain. Look at the Bible says in Colossians chapter 2, verse 13 and verse 14, it says, you we're dead because of your sins and because of your sinful nature was not yet cut away. This is the living translation, by the way, or new living translation. Then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all our sins. And he canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. Do you believe that God not only forgave your sins, but he canceled the record of the charges? See, people that don't believe that he's canceled the record of the charges, they're always on a payment plan system in the religious thinking. They're always striving to do more, to do more, to qualify and to find a peace point with God based on a fleshly, you know, moment of, wow, I did something good. Religion and law-based kind of mindsets always want to add to the price that was paid. They want more of your personal effort or your moralism or good works or whatever. But when you and I believe that we're paid in full, it changes, changes everything. We're free and clear concerning our righteous position before God in Christ. But if you're on that payment plan, your flesh will crave a message that makes you feel messianic it makes your flesh think that if you do more of this and more of that to justify you then you're good with God but it's really really important to understand how free and how clear we are it's it's hard when you're having payment you know worldviews to to get out of payment plans I remember the first car I bought was for uh when I was in college was three thousand dollars and um, somebody had to co-sign for me because 
I didn't have any credit history. So that means if I defaulted, there was somebody who could, they could go after and get the money. But I'll never forget that monthly payment, you know. And that's the way I lived for a lot of years until I began to think that, you know what, I don't know if I like this. I wonder if I could live cheaper and do things a little more inexpensive to get ahead a little bit and stabilize my world economically. And uh, sometimes I think if we took that thinking to our relationship with the Father, you'd be astonished at how free and clear God considers you. We don't, we don't see ourselves free and clear before the Father. We always think God's got something on us. But God's got nothing on you. What was wrong with you he put on Jesus? You're free and clear to the glory of God. And this, to me, is a, is a beautiful thing. I told you kind of the little illustration this morning. Uh, you know, let's pretend that I bought a truck, you know, and it was a nice truck. Let's say it cost you know, $45,000 or $50,000 or whatever. Let's pretend that, you know, I, I was going to pay on it for 72 months, like all the ads are today. And let me just use in uh, the, the sanctuary here just for illustration purposes. This is illustration. Let's pretend that my friend Mr. Mitchell here is the banker. So he extends the money to me. Now, he's got me 72 months. So I'm making my payments. Let's say that's 600 a month or whatever, $500 a month. I'm making my payments every month to the bank, the Mitchell Bank. And uh, I'm, 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 I'm always wanting to make sure it's on time. So it's, the payment is always on my mind. I, I don't want to be late. I don't want late. Fee. How many of you ever think like that? Any, any of you? I, I, I sometimes have those thoughts. I, I, I want, when, I, when I talk to my people at the office, is, is everything current? I, I, I detest all these you know, late fees and, and excessive, you know, the interest stuff that we, we pay now. It, it, it bothers me. And so uh, let's, let's pretend that I'm paying every month to the Mitchell Bank the $550 a month or whatever. But let's say I have another friend, Mark, who's a new friend. Let's say he and his wife, uh, they hear about this gospel guy and could just sense he's, he's, under, he's under a little stress. He's got burdens. He's always got payments on his mind. And let's just pretend that he comes into some great invention and, and uh, it's like a just lights out, amazing, and, you know, somebody buys him out for $100 million and he's going to get a gazillion dollars in royalties for the rest of his life or something. So let's say he and his wife are just suddenly loaded. And they see, okay, this, this, this Hershey, he's a good guy. He's sharing the gospel. Let's, let's, let's help him because his debt has changed to us. It's changed. So let's say they heard my debt was with the Mitchell Bank and Mark goes to the Mitchell Bank. He says, now, Mr. Mitchell, I want to do this quietly. I don't want Keith and, and his ministry to know about this, but I want to pay his debt in full. And so he pays my debt in full. And so the first of the next month, I'm ready to give. And the Mitchell Bank calls me and says, Keith, you don't need to pay anymore. It's been paid in full. I said, who paid it? Well, no, it's just been covered. It's all written off. It's all covered. Nobody wanted to give anybody's name. But I'm still insecure because my history, I've had a couple vehicles repossessed. I've lost some things. And so I know what happens if you don't make payments. So let's just... 
because we're pretending. Let's pretend that I keep paying Mr. Mitchell the $550 a month for something that's paid in full. This is what a lot of Christian people do. They take a merit-based concept of their world system into their heavenly father system, but God doesn't work on a merit-based system. He works on the unmerited base of Jesus Christ and the work of Calvary's cross and our debt is paid in full. You're free and clear. And that's the good news. Look at Paul says to the believers in, uh, in Galatians. Uh, this is Galatians chapter 1, verse 6 through verse 9. He says, I can't, I'm reading, by the way, from the Message Bible. He says, I can't believe your fickleness, how easily you have turned traitor to him who called you by the grace of Christ by embracing a variant message. It is not a minor variation, you know. It is completely other, an alien message, a no message, a lie about God. Those who are provoking this agitation among you are turning the message of Christ, the finished work of Jesus, on its head. Let me be blunt. If one of us, even an angel of heaven, were to preach something other than what we preached originally, let him be cursed. King James Version says, accursed. I said it once, I'll say it again. If anyone, regardless of reputation or credentials, preaches something other than what you've received originally, let him be cursed. Now, this way of living, Paul says, you know, let them be accursed or cursed. It simply means you're on your own. It's, it's the Greek word anathema. It, it, it's really you're on your own. You know, to me, the most frightening thing is to be on your own. That's why I love the concept of mutual faith. That's why I think, you know, what would be hell if Jesus would say, depart from me. I never knew you. That, that, would, be the, that would be hell in itself to, to be on your own. Do you know when you are trying to qualify, you are on your own. You make the grace of God of no effect. It's anathema. And that's why Paul, when he writes Galatians, because they were trying to mix a message of qualifying to what the Lamb has done, he said, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's nothing but trouble. It's an alien message. It's, it's a lie about God. I tell you, God loves you completely. He favors you abundantly and he blesses you eternally and he has got you covered from start to finish. You have been purchased by God. You're free and clear. Here's the second thing I want to point out to you tonight. Since you're purchased by God, you have to understand God purchased you as is. I always tell people God loves you as is and people like that but then when I say God accepts you as is they don't like that people get mad at me when I say that I say God loves you as is God accepts you as is whoa Keith that's pretty risky let me tell you a little story uh, a few months ago I was in Latin America and uh, I was preaching in four different countries. And uh, we have this preaching tour, and we did graduations for a Bible uh, school and things. And uh, I was in Panama. In the last three years, 
I've been helping my mother and my stepfather. My stepfather just went to heaven a year ago, and uh, he was 93. And uh, so they wanted a little place kind of back where my mom was from in Michigan, kind of an area we grew up, actually in Kalamazoo, Michigan. And so back there, uh, they, they wanted their own house. They, they wanted where they could do what they want, paint it the way they want, whatever. So um, to make a long story short, my, my mother has a brother who asked if I could help and whatever. And so everybody pitched in. But anyway, I was the one who had my name on the line. So I, I had to get a loan out of my equity, my house, which is the only money I, I had. Uh, to, to secure this house for my mother and my, my stepfather. And then I would sustain it, pay the taxes and do all these things. And to be honest with you, I didn't like the idea because it cost me and it was painful and I didn't have the money. So anyway, to make a long story short, my uh, stepfather, he went to heaven beautifully and wonderfully. And then my mother had another assignment in life and was moving away. So I was stuck holding this house in the real estate market of Kalamazoo, Michigan. Kalamazoo, Michigan is not like South Orange County, okay? I mean, this is a good real estate market here. I'm sure houses move or whatever. You know, back there, you can get a great house. Like this house was like $135,000. You know, that house out here would sell for like $600,000 or something. But but just shows, shows you the comparison of things. But it was this great brick house. So I'm down in Panama, Central America. I'm preaching, having a good time, being focused on what God called me to do. And then I get this call from the real estate person. And they have an offer. So they email it to me while I'm in Latin America. I say, whoopee, you know, I, I can get free from payments. I can get free from property taxes. My wife will be so happy with me because she wasn't so excited that I signed up for this deal. She just did it to be kind. Sometimes in marriages, you do things for the sake of the family, right, or whatever. So I thought, yes, glory to God. So I was happy. I was preaching the gospel and my mother then calls me and says, oh, Keith, these people so love the house. They keep coming. They keep coming. They love the house. They love the house. This is going to go so beautifully. So I'm happy, right? I have a deal. But it wasn't a done deal. Because then weeks later, they have whatever their inspections are. And then they send me this big packet of, you know, the inspection things. And I read the inspections. I thought, my goodness, we ought to get a wrecking ball and just tear the thing down. You know, it was, it was like criticizing everything in the world. And so I compromised with them, gave them whatever. But then the, this, the, the people had some other family or friends get involved. And suddenly the deal collapsed. I said, man, how can somebody so love something and then not accept something. This is the mindset a lot of people have about their father because their view of God is not based in the lamb. That's why the lamb of God gives you the perfect picture of who your father is. God not only loves you as you are, God accepts you as you are. So then several weeks go by, and in July... I get another a call from the real estate person back in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Oh, Mr. Hershey. I said, what is it, my friend? We have an offer. So we get his offer, and it was kind of a lowball offer, but we, you know, I, 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 so wanted to, I so wanted to be free from the burden of the payments and the property taxes and the upkeep 
in a place I, I, I don't even live or go. So I made a deal, and then they started quibbling. So I told the real estate person, I said, here's what we will do. You tell the precious ones this. I'm glad they love the house. I'm glad they love the house so much they will accept it as is, and it's the only way I'll sell it to them for this price. So the contract was as is. Now, the people loved the place. They took it as is. But here's, here's the imagery I'm trying to let you know about. And this is why when I'm preaching, no, no matter where around the world, or like I told you about the friend when I was a kid witnessing to, he thought maybe God loved him, but God would never accept him because he, in his mind, his worldview of God was a moralism God. It wasn't the lamb imagery. And so it's very, very important that we always understand that God not only loves you as you are, God accepts you as you are. God loves you as is. God accepts you as is. When I bought Life Center USA for $2.35 million about 18 months ago, was the scariest thing we've ever done, you know, kind of in ministry and still sometimes is somewhat scary. But the thing is, it's as is. So whatever the headaches were, I bought into it. You know, the father's not afraid of your frailty. The, the father's not afraid of your mess. The father's not afraid of your bad temper or your naughty tongue or your this or that or the other, whatever list you have of yourself. The father's love is radical. God loves you as is and he accepts you as is. You don't have to paint yourself up. You don't have to cover yourself up. You don't need spiritual words like hallelujah all the time to blanket yourself either. You can be you. You know, that's the most freeing thing about the love of the Father. He loves you as is and he accepts you as is. Once you believe this and receive the mystery of this kind of radical love, you will know him as is. If you can believe he accepts you as is you can know him as he is that's what the bible says because as he is so are you look at the bible says first john chapter four are you all here tonight look at this first john chapter four verse 17 love has been perfected among us in this that we may have boldness in the day of judgment you know what the only way you're going to have boldness in the day of judgment is to let the love of god in christ so permeate every part of your, 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 your heart, your, your, your soul, your, your, your thinking. You'll have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in the world. When you know and believe that God accepts you as is, you know him as is. And that's the beautiful thing of the love of the Father. God's love is that dramatic. Hallelujah. Let me show you one other thing about being purchased. You're free and clear, number one. Number two, he, he accepts you as is. You don't, you don't need to paint yourself up. You don't need to look pretty. You don't need to put on a religious face. You come as you are. He's got you and he'll grip you and absolutely wrap you up. Let me show you one other thing. Go with me to Philippians 
chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. This is kind of after that Paul the Apostle gives, gives his resume about what a wonderful guy he was. All his great, if he could have confidence in the flesh, he talks about in verse 4. He says, man, I, I'm, I'm top tier. I'm, I'm big dog. You all are losers concerned, you know, next to me. So he lays his old resume out. And then what's he, what's he say at the end of it? This is all a bunch of rubbish. It's a bunch of doo-doo is what he said. He laid it all down for the excellency of knowing Jesus. And look at what he says now in verse 9, because that's what I wanted to talk to you about. Verse 9, he says this. That I might be found... In him. You know, uh, a couple weeks ago, <laughs> I started thinking about this. That's really my only goal. My goal every day is not to find myself before the Father based on me, because my flesh will be involved. My, my, my assignment every day is to be found in him. It takes faith to live there. When my kids were little, they had a game called Where's Waldo. Did you ever have that game when you were a kid? Where's Waldo? They have that in Nebraska? Where's Waldo? So I guess it's like this little mystery kid, and you find him in different places and books, I don't know, games, whatever it was. But now the question is not where's Waldo, where are you? Are you found in him or are you found in yourself? Listen, if you find yourself in yourself, you're by yourself. And you're all alone, and I don't care how much goody-two-shoe stuff you can stack up against the Apostle Paul's. It's a bunch of doo-doo concerning your righteous position. That I might be found in him not having my own righteousness. That's what the verse says, which is of the law, or your obedience to the law. But the righteousness which is of God by faith. See, a believing heart changes everything. And that's why to know that you're purchased by God is a most, most transforming part of your world. When you can know and believe like those surrounding the throne of God in heaven do, that God signed for you, God sealed you, and God delivered you, and you're free and clear. No more payment, no more burden. Wouldn't it be cool if every part of your life was free and clear? See, we, it's hard for us to imagine that because of our merit-based world. In fact, our governments and our systems, they set up society to make you have payments. They'll make it more advantageous for you if you can write off things and write off stuff. They, they, they buy you into this thing to grow the economy and the consumerism, and all, and which is wonderful. I, 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 it's, it's great for this world but it's not great for that world. That type of thinking will trouble your heart before the Father. You and I before the Father don't live a life based on us. We live a life based on Jesus. You take your place in him and you're found in him not having your own righteousness. Anytime I find myself critical, which periodically can happen, if I'm cranky and critical... None of you, I'm sure, ever suffer with this. But when you get a little judgmental of somebody according to the flesh, say, oh, look at that person. They're doing this or doing that. Or they, they can't be Christians because they do this or they do that. We make judgments against people according to the flesh. I, I might be found in him not having my own righteousness according to the flesh, but the righteousness which is of faith through my trust in the Lamb of God. I really believe that if this will anchor your heart, healing happens 
In fact, I don't even think you have to look for it. I think it just, it just blossoms. It just floods you. My, my old worldview of healing was I really had to work hard to get it. I had a kind of a doo-doo system to get healed. I remember some time ago, I was uh, home at the office and, and uh, I heard a good friend of mine was in the hospital and last stages of cancer. He was a well-known guy. And uh, they told me he was in a coma. And uh, so I went to the hospital. I found out where he was. I went to the hospital alone. Nobody was there. I went into his room and I just put my hand on him and said, hey, good to see you, my friend. This is Keith here. Just came by to let you know God loves you. He really, really does. He's got you from start to finish. And I just spoke over his life, you know, the blessing of God and the goodness of God and the redemptive work of Jesus, what the Lamb has done. Anyway, he, he came out of his coma. I had to leave on another trip. He came like two days later, the next day or something, came out of his coma. They sent him home. And then uh, while I was traveling a month or so later, he he. he passed uh, on and went to heaven. But I'll never forget, this, this guy had such a regiment in his life to get his healing. He had to confess a thousand confessions a day about his healing. It was a, it was a, it was a restricted you know, thing of you putting in to make sure you're getting something. And thank God for acknowledging who we are in Jesus Christ. I'm all for all these things. I'm all for prayer. I'm all for praising the Lord. I'm all for, I'm all for confessing the word. I do all these things. But now I don't do them to get something. I do it from the position that it's already done. And it's now just part of sitting at the feet of Jesus or like they do in heaven, fall down or lay down and just saying amen to the Lamb of God and acknowledging who I am in Christ because as he is, so am I. And it's a whole different way to live your life because now I'm not trying to get healed. I'm receiving something that I already possess and the manifestation is just coming up in a different sort of expressive way. But I, I want you if, you, if you need healing, I want you to rest in the presence of Jesus. I just want you to sit and rest and not have any disturbance in your heart about any negative thing that's spoken over you. You know, we all have had negative reports in our family and friends and loved ones, and it's, 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 uh, it's suffering. But the way I'm fighting, the way this gospel preacher fights now, <laughs> is, is from this place of rest, no matter what it is, that the Lamb of God has got us covered. And we're seeing so many beautiful things of wholeness and health and miracles happening in the lives of people. So tonight, I want to pray for you, uh, but I want to do it a little differently. I'm not going to do it with a typical laying up hand, which I love to do that, and, and, and it's a beautiful way to share and minister, but I just want us to sit. Is that okay with you? And if you have a headache, if you have heartache, if you need victory, if you need somebody to pay your car off, if you need... Uh, uh, income streams, a job, if you're uh, at the end of a road, if you and your wife don't enjoy each other's company. Listen, the love of Jesus changes things suddenly. It really does. Just sit, just bow your head with me. Father, I pray now for these, your precious kids. I bless them tonight 
in the name of Jesus and at this, at this healing school, we remind ourselves of the Lamb of God. We say the love of the Lamb is enough for us. We believe that what happens in heaven happens here. We believe if the heavenly beings are surrounding the throne, beholding Jesus, we can, from our earthly position, behold the same Jesus ascended on high seated at the right hand of the Father, the one who paid perfectly for an eternal redemption. Father, I ask in the name of Jesus that we partake, that we feed on you. Jesus' faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of Christ. So I've preached Christ today. I've preached the finished work of Jesus today. And Father in heaven, they sit down, they lay down, they run out of things to say. They just receive the reality of what they're beholding. And they say amen to it. So we receive the reality of Jesus, the one to whom we behold. And I speak healing and wholeness over every physical body in this place. I speak healing and wholeness over every mind of the men and women in this place. Every bit of trouble, every demonic strategy of hell is signed against any household. We declare it void and nil in the name of Jesus. And Father, we ask for wholeness and restoration and the surprise of your presence bringing absolute clarity and confidence in the lives and the relationships of the people in this place. And we just give you praise for your massive mercy among us, for your great grace among us. Help us to be absolutely thrilled with what the Lamb of God has done and help us to be ever thankful in just entering daily to the victory prayed of what Jesus has done for us eternally. We thank you for it, Father. And all God's people said... Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Well, precious friend, I believe uh, tonight you're going to find wholeness and healing. Tomorrow you're going to find wholeness and healing and help and blessing. That is the good news. So uh, praise the Lord. Mark, let me turn the service back to you. Hey, thanks so much for letting me be here tonight. I'm going to hang out. And uh, if you do want me to pray for you in some way, I'm, I'm here and I'll be glad to sit and pray with you. Also, some of my books are back there and some of the teachings are back there. If you want anything, thanks so much. Praise the Lord. Well, amen. That's great. Um,